Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Dunzo. This is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends, both real and fake, and all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear. I'm your host, Troy McKeady. You guys, welcome to episode 196 of Dunzo. It's me, Troy McEady. Um, hi, how's it going? Um, listen, hear me out. <laughs> I know that you were expecting a girl group episode today, or maybe you were hoping that this would happen. I'm sure you knew in the back of your mind that there was a chance it could. But we are extending our Britney Spears conversation today, obviously. I'm in a much different headspace than I was a couple weeks ago when we started this whole girl group thing. There's a lot going on. There's a lot happening. And to be honest with you, I kind of just want to rage on this microphone. Like, I kind of just, we, we haven't had a moment alone to talk about this, first of all. So this is it. It's happening. Um, there have been so many updates since I recorded my episode with Kirby. So much has happened. And the irony, I feel like every time I record anything with Kirby, the joke we make is that whatever you do when it comes to Britney Spears becomes sort of obsolete, um, you know, a day later, because there's always so much happening, especially right now. So, you know, it's 1130 at night. I'm hoping that and I'm, you guys are going to hear this tomorrow. I'm hoping that in the coming hours or tomorrow morning, some crazy fucking thing doesn't happen that totally derails this and, you know, whatever. I'm I'm just excited. I honestly, my notes are all just like free thoughts and just things that I want to talk about and things that I want to address and things that I'm seeing on the internet, uh, things I'm hearing people say. And I mean, I, I basically wrote my notes like a medium this week. <laughs> I wrote my notes like the old lady from the others when they finally make contact. It's just violent scribbles and circles and drawings of doodles. But I know what every single one of them means. Actually, let me just say as a disclaimer that I'm almost positive by the time you hear this, something will have happened that makes some portion of my notes not make any sense or old news or whatever. So, you know, I can't keep up with the life of Britney Spears, but I'm trying my hardest. Just, uh, you know, bear with me. I do want to start by saying that it's been really incredible watching people rally around her. Um, I mean, it, like everywhere you look, everywhere you turn, people are talking about Britney. They're upset for Britney. They want to fight and... I mean, people who I've ne I would never imagine that I'd be having these conversations with are like angry and upset and sad and outraged and their minds are blown because they didn't know this has been happening for 13 years. It's a very bonding experience because no matter where, I mean, we've been so divided on every single thing happening for the past like five years, right? And it's very weirdly bonding to all be so upset in the same way about something like even if you aren't a Britney fan if you have no interest in her as an artist if you don't like the oops I did it again album it doesn't matter 
uh, on a surface level, any, any person who hears this, old, young, black, white, we all know that this is wrong. So it's been nice to just have like, I mean, obviously this is like horrifically sad and there's nothing nice about it, but to have everybody collectively be like, oh no, this is fucked up and we need to fight. Like that has been really cool to see. Especially because this story has been out for 13 years. Um, obviously, we just heard Britney speak for the first time about it because she's not been allowed to. But this has been a thing for a long time. Like, this conservatorship, we all, like I've said many times, have this sort of, I guess you would say a shorthand with what it even means to be in a conservatorship because we've been reading about this for 13 years. And it's nice to see people care for the first time. Because, you know, 13 years ago, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, five years ago, people didn't really care. So she's just been silently suffering and living in this fucking hell limbo. Um, and that is just like so, ugh, it's just like gut-wrenching. I also wanted to tell you that the other day I had a real, a real aha moment um, where I was like, you know, the really interesting thing about this actually is that, you know, we're obviously in the middle of this very transitional phase as like a society and as a culture, as a globe, like things are changing very quickly. Our way of thinking is so different now than it was even a couple years ago. We question everything around us from like the capitalism that we're enslaved to, to the way that we speak about minorities and sexuality. Everything is like so rapidly changing. And a light bulb went off in my head the other day when I heard that Britney Spears was the most Googled person in the world again. Because she used to be the most Googled person in the world all the time. And it was something that I was so used to hearing, but I just hadn't really thought about it in a long time. Like that was just like a thing. Like Britney Spears was always the most Google searched person for whatever reason. And I realized that it only makes sense that we're having this collective awakening about how we treated Britney Spears throughout her life because Britney is so deeply woven into the fabric of who we are as a culture. Like we have no choice but to examine that. In a way, the way that we treated Britney represents how we treated most young girls during whatever period of her career you revisit, dating back 22 fucking years. And because she's always been one of the most famous people in the world to an extent, I feel like she acts as this sort of like metaphorical mirror being held up to us. You know what I mean? And I I know that I make this joke all the time about teenagers, um, but it does kind of feel like we just like grew our frontal lobe or something. Like our brains fully developed and now we suddenly feel genuine compassion for people in ways that we couldn't before. And like, that's really weird. So now for people who didn't have any emotional investment in whether or not this girl lived or died 13 years ago, it's suddenly painful to watch this undeserving person have to live through this unimaginable pain every day, to live in it and have no escape. And Dionne Warwick, of all people, said it best on her Instagram story last night. She said, this is a girl who has devoted her entire life since she was eight years old to entertaining you and me. She has devoted her life and her body to being entertaining for us. And like, that's crazy to think about. And it's true. She has really, really devoted every morsel of her life, her entire existence to us, to being entertaining and pretty for us. The real reason I wanted to extend our Britney conversation, aside from the obvious that I could just talk about her for 40 hours a day, is really because this story is developing so fast and I kind of feel like a lot of people are feeling left out of it. They're sort of scrounging for answers. Um, there are a lot of people who don't know all the moving parts and all the key players and this feels like something that could only happen, you know, in a movie. So I think a lot of people are having a hard time sort of wrapping their head around this whole concept because it just seems so unimaginable. And I'm seeing a lot of very well-intentioned people um, just spreading crazy fucking misinformation and seeing it spread like wildfire. And I'm seeing a lot of really crazy uh, theories 
and rumors being thrown around by people who, for lack of a better term, just don't really know what the fuck they're talking about. I'm also seeing a lot of people from Britney's past being resurrected and sort of reintroduced to the locals. Like, people are figuring out who Sam Lutvey is and Jason Alexander is being brought up again. And I'm just like, what is going on? Like... I, it's it's a it's overwhelming and i just want to like do my part in trying to help make sense of it i guess so as it stands today britney is still very much obviously under her conservatorship and i think a lot of people who are new to the situation or are just sort of getting caught up to everything thought that because she gave this gripping iconic speech that will obviously go down in history and define culture as we know it um People thought the next day she would just, like, be out of this conservatorship. Like, because the world was so upset about it that she would just then be free. And it's my understanding that Britney would likely need to hire a new lawyer for this to 100% play out in her favor, like, long term. And if you've been following this story for a long time, I'm sure you're fully aware of the fact that Britney's lawyer, who I'm going to refer to as Samuel Ingham because... There's so many Sams I can't keep up. Uh, he was court appointed. She didn't choose him. And I've been seeing a lot of people on Twitter speculate about her relationship with him and why he's such a shitty lawyer. Um, so I'm just going to break this down for you. I've said this once and I will say it until I am blue in the face. Britney Spears is the only person who wants this conservatorship to end, aside from us. She's the only person in her orbit, out of however many people she employs and talks to on a daily basis, she is literally the only person who wants this to end. Her family doesn't want it to end because, duh, meal ticket. Kevin sure as fuck doesn't want the conservatorship to end because it means he may be forced to do something insane like work for the first time in 13 years. This man's resume is two lines, backup dancer and occasional DJ, producer of Popozow. And I would imagine Kevin has a sort of like, in my mind, Kevin has like a don't ask, don't tell relationship with this conservatorship and how she's being treated. So he gets to live this quiet life away from the public with his 40 children and, you know, he has no real interest in being involved, you know what I mean, with, with the bullshit and the minutia. I mean, it's like this giant machine. So as long as he's getting checks and they're cashing, like, I, I think that he just doesn't really care what happens to her. Also, at the end of the day, Kevin Federline is the Spears family's worst nightmare because he's greedy. He has no loyalty to anyone except for his children and he knows where all the bodies are buried. At any moment, Kevin could blow the whole fucking lid off that operation if he wanted to. And that family has to know that. So they stuff money in his mouth. And when he has another kid and needs more, they just give it to him. The court system sure as fuck doesn't want this to end. Because Britney is their cash cow. And she ranks in so much money. Not only for them, but for the fucking state of California. You know, like we're talking millions and millions and millions of dollars that has just been poured into the court system. And the person I would guess is the most passionate about it not ending is Britney's court appointed lawyer who has made millions of dollars off of this girl and clearly has no emotional connection to her whatsoever. Now that things are coming to light, we know for sure that Britney has essentially been begging this lawyer to help her for years, and he's purposely gone out of his way to do nothing. He has pretended to not know she wants to end the conservatorship, even though she's told him point blank, file the fucking paperwork, I want it to end, and then he pretends to not know her intentions. So when I hear people ask like how or why this is still happening, I'm like, girl, look around. Lou Taylor and Jamie Spears have spent the last 13 years creating a fucking WandaVision barricade around this girl. Honestly, you can't get in. And anyone who doesn't agree with the conservatorship or isn't on board to make sure it keeps going, 
they get excommunicated and they never hear from her again. And honestly, the reason it's been so successful is because they've been able to take advantage of the public's shallow interest in her well-being. It's amazing that so many people care now. But we're here because nobody cared for 13 fucking years. All it takes is one half-assed quote from Britney's publicist, a.k.a. Jamie, to a fucking, you know, access Hollywood or Entertainment Tonight or whatever, saying, you know, Britney's fine. She loves being up on stage and following her dreams, and then that's it. And everybody's like, yup, checks out. <laughs> She's rocking back and forth on Instagram and trembling, and she looks dis disheveled and unkept and she's like nervous and this person who at one time was so socially capable and just like so outgoing and free-spirited and funny and quick-witted and opinionated and bold and and stubborn it can't even fully get a sentence out without like trembling it's not normal now, it has been confirmed as of yesterday that Britney did file a petition to end the conservatorship, which I think confused a lot of people because TMZ reported it and then deleted the post. Um, it was reported very soon after that the paperwork had been prepared but not officially filed until the following day or whatever. So the articles were quickly taken down. I have a quote from Marjorie Hernandez, who is the justice editor for Us Weekly. Um, she tweeted, sources have confirmed to Us Weekly that Britney Spears and her lawyer just filed a petition to terminate her conservatorship. Details to come. And then she's, uh, she clarified and said, update, at the end of business day, the petition had not been filed, but sources said the termination paperwork has been prepared. It's also important to mention that Kevin Federline broke his silence, in quotes, uh, via his attorney to People Magazine yesterday. They said, reflecting on Spears' testimony, Kaplan feels that Britney has not been served well by the conservatorship and is not consistent with what she wants. He adds, I think that she should be able to challenge that, and if it's what's best for her, Kevin supports it. The best thing would be for their mom, for the boy's mom to be healthy and happy, and if either of those things aren't true, uh, it doesn't provide for the best setting for custody to be exercised. Uh, Kaplan says, referring to his 43-year-old client's son, I, God, I can't believe Kevin Federline is 43, what the fuck? Their 40, the 43-year-old client's son with Spears, Sean Preston, 15, and Jaden James, 14. Kevin certainly respects Brittany and only hopes the best for her because what is best for her, whatever, what's best for her is best for the kids, blah, 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 blah. The kids love their mother and they want her to be healthy and strong. To quote Death Becomes Her, blah, 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 blah. First of all, Kevin has had a bird's eye view into this fucking hostage situation for years, even prior to the actual conservatorship, he has benefited from it immensely in ways that we could never even fathom, probably more than anybody, to be honest. And at any point in the last 13 years, Kevin Federline could have reached out to any of his old contacts at fucking TMZ or Us Weekly or whatever, since he used to call them every week to be photographed. And he could have said, I think the mother of my children is being abused and trafficked. Like, how hard would that be? They also spoke to page six, and this quote is actually kind of long. It says, Kevin was not involved in the conservatorship, and he is not an agent of the conservator or anybody on that side of the probate case. Powerhouse lawyer Mark Vincent Kaplan told us, all along, Kevin has had one goal, and that was to make it more likely as soon as as soon as soon reasonable that he and Brittany could have a successful co-parenting relationship regarding their kids. Things he did, he did because he thought he had to do them um, for the sake of the health and well-being of their children. Kevin himself has never threatened anything in that regard. In January of 2008, after Brittany Spears locked herself in her bathroom with, her former, with the former couple's two young sons, Sean Preston and Jaden James, Kevin Federline filed for sole custody. His attorney now says his client has made that decision solely for the benefit of his kids. Kevin went forward with the sole custody request because he didn't feel the children were safe, Kaplan explained. When somebody has children in a custody order and they lock themselves in a room and then not give the kids back if the police come, I mean, the other parent has to do everything they can to protect the kids. Think about how traumatic that would be for the children. All I recall was when she wouldn't release the children after Kevin showed up at her house, she locked herself in the bathroom with those boys. 
Kaplan added, I don't recall the, in- the intervention. That was 13 years ago. The decision for the conservatorship was made by Britney's father and whoever else he was working with after she had that meltdown at the house where there was a 5150 psychiatric hold. Would the fact alone that the, con- that the, would the fact alone that the conservatorship being terminated and in and of itself make Kevin agree to change the existing custody order? No, he said. Kevin needs to be able to have some information to inform his judgment on what that order should be. This is the part that kills me, and this is why you know that Kevin and his lawyer are full of dog shit. It says, the longtime lawyer whose career spans over 44 years once again pointed to Britney's claim in court that she had been put on lithium, quote, out of nowhere as a point of interest. Lithium is regarded as a very powerful psychiatric medication that isn't cavalierly, I would hope, prescribed by a medical professional out of convenience. He said, so there has to be some sort of reason for that, and we'd want to know, whatever the reason was, that the reason or condition wasn't still impacting Britney's judgment at the time the conservatorship, if ever, is terminated. Kevin has done a pretty good job of staying away from the conservatorship and letting that side, the probate side of that case, deal with their own issues. Mm -hmm. The attorney said he really doesn't have any desire to be involved in whatever proceedings. Uh, of course he fucking doesn't. Are you kidding me? His ex-wife is basically tied down to a chair and depositing $50,000 into his bank account every fucking week. Like, this is insane. Remember earlier when I said anything you release on Britney Spears becomes obsolete the following day or in some cases in hours? (laughs) Because there's always something going on. So the funny thing is, as I was taking my notes for this episode, um... I got an alert from TMZ on my phone that Jamie would now like to have the conservatorship investigated because he had no idea that his daughter was being abused and he's shocked by these claims. I'm just going to read you this fucking hillbilly slack-jawed buffoonery. I cannot. This is from Entertainment Tonight. It says, given the nature of the allegations and claims, it is critical that the court confirm whether or not Britney's testimony was accurate in order to determine what corrective actions, if any, need to be taken. The docs read, it is also imperative for the proper functioning of the conservatorship proceedings before this court that all parties be provided a full and fair opportunity to respond to allegations and claims asserted against them, including by way of an evidentiary hearing. The request for an investigation further states that Jamie believes it is important that the integrity of the conservatorship proceedings and in the best interest of Brittany for the court to order an investigation issue, an investigation into the issues and claims raised by Brittany. Either the allegations will be shown to be true, in which case corrective action must be taken, or they will be shown to be false, in which the conservatorship can continue its course. The statement continues, it is not acceptable for the conservators or the court to do nothing in response to Britney's testimony. Jamie claims that he hasn't been involved in his daughter's... Oof. In his daughter. (laughs) Okay, hi. Jamie claims that he has not been involved in his daughter's conservatorship since 2019, but it's greatly concerned about her care. So now, of course, Jamie is scrambling to get ahead of this story since his family can no longer show their hillbilly faces in public. And he's trying to blame all of it on Jody Montgomery, who was appointed Britney's personal conservator in 2019. According to the docs, Jamie maintains that he has never prevented Britney from marrying. And in fact, when he was the conservator, Britney was at one point engaged to her fiance um, and was appointed to serve with Jamie as her co-conservator of the person from 2012 to 2013. Britney was engaged to Jason Trawick in 2011 and they broke up in 2013. Who, by the way, Jamie was obsessed with. Jamie was obsessed with Jason Trawick because Jason was on board for the conservatorship and he was abusive. So like, ugh, this is so frustrating. After Britney spoke in court last week, Jamie's lawyer released a statement saying, quote, he is sorry to see his daughter suffering and in so much pain. Mr. Spears loves his daughter and misses her very much. Like, I, I can't, I can't. Like, take your bottle of hooch, shove it in your anal cavity and fuck off. You fucking toothless hillbilly fuck. And now that we're on the topic of slack-jawed yokel hillbillies, we have to talk about fucking Jamie Lynn Spears and her heartfelt Instagram story with the invisible tear seen around the world. So a couple nights ago, Jamie Lynn gets on Instagram Live to, in quotes, set the record straight 
because the entire internet has been dragging her fucking cat-killing, non-acting hillbilly ass since Britney spoke out. And this is what she had to say. I actually transcribed it for you. To be honest, CBS News transcribed it for you, but I did copy and paste. I did a lot of work. She said, hey, everybody, I just wanted to take a second to address a few things. The only reason I haven't before is because I felt like until my sister was able to speak for herself and say what she felt she needed to say publicly, that it wasn't my place and it wasn't the right thing to do. But now that she's very clearly spoken and said what she needed to say, I feel like I can follow her lead and say what I feel like I need to say. The younger, this is my favorite part. The young sister said since the day they were born, she quote, loved and supported her sister. And she quote, doesn't care if she wants to run away to the rainforest and have a zillion babies in the middle of nowhere, or if she wants to come back and dominate the world like she has so many times before. I am only her sister who is only concerned about her happiness. Jamie Lynn also said, I've made a very conscious choice in my life to only participate in her life as her sister and as an aunt to those boys. I mean, I've worked to pay my own freaking bills since I was 10 years old, Jamie Lynn says, who starred on Nickelodeon's Zoe 101 as a child said, not that I owe the public anything because my sister knows I love and support her and that's the only person I owe anything to. Jamie literally said, my bills are paid. <laughs> Jamie said, I pay my bills. My bills are paid. Jamie Lynn also said she supported her sister, quote, long before there was a hashtag. I'm proud of her for using her voice. I'm so proud of her for requesting new counsel. Like I told her to do many years ago. Oh, but not on a big public platform, but just in personal conversation between two sisters. So I'm very proud that she has taken that step. So far we haven't heard from Brian, but I think we've heard enough from him for several lifetimes. Um, he very famously said that the women in his family were um, unfortunately strong-willed and strong-minded, and it can be really frustrating. He's a disgusting piece of shit, just like the rest of them. Honestly, they can all rot in hell. Rot in hell. You slime back piece of shit, motherfucker, rot in hell. I did get another update while I was doing my notes. So again, thank God I haven't recorded this. But as of, I think now, I don't know how many hours ago it'll be when you listen to this, but um, the judge did deny Britney's request to remove her father from the conservatorship. But I think from what I've read, I actually think that that may have been a response to a filing that was already done before. Like, I don't think that that was like a direct response to Britney's uh, speech, if that makes sense. I'm also not going to be surprised, to be honest, by any denials from the conservatorship or from the court at this particular point. I really do feel like this is going to go to trial. And you can already see uh, people dropping out of their involvement in this because they don't want to deal with it when it goes to trial. Because can you imagine how fucking terrible these people are going to look? Can you imagine this at trial? This is going to be insane. But there's way too much money at stake. There are too many people being paid. Um, the the court isn't just going to remove Jamie from this right now. It's just it's unfortunately not going to happen. Um, especially when all of these people, including you know half the fucking people in the court system, are now dependent on Jamie's check. Speaking of checks and money. One of the things that I just wanted to talk about with you, I wrote this down in my notes on my phone because I was like, bring this up. I'm just going to ramble for a second. The Britney Spears machine when it comes to money is really interesting. It's a really interesting thing to examine because it's meant so many things over the years. Obviously, Britney Spears is this massive brand, this huge corporation. And obviously, Britney Spears as an industry has employed thousands of people, right, over the last 22 years. And at the beginning, we saw that in a more traditional sense when Britney was being a mega pop star who, you know, had hair people and makeup people and security guards and drivers and chefs, etc. But then when Britney had her meltdown and she stopped working in a traditional sense as a pop star, we saw her become this other kind of business. We watched her fire her team. So technically she wasn't really paying 
people. She wasn't paying, you know, hair people and stylists and wardrobe people or whatever. But she had become this, like, media orbit. So she was making millions and millions of dollars for tabloid companies. And she was single-handedly employing hundreds of paparazzi in L.A. And websites like Perez Hilton and TMZ were able to profit and become really, really successful based on covering her every move. Not to mention the other websites like X17 that I talk about all the time that literally were created specifically to follow Britney around. That was why the developers of those sites started paparazzi websites because they wanted to follow Britney. Not to mention the amount of content she was responsible for on talk shows and late night shows. My God. Following Britney Spears was a hugely successful business in itself. Just following her physically and, you know, like on the internet, following her every move. That was like a money-making thing. And I just think that's really interesting in itself. And honestly, it adds an entirely new meaning to, and with a kid on my arm, I'm still an exceptional earner. Like, that's not a fucking joke. Okay, moving on. I told you that this is really, this whole episode is gonna be just like a stream of conscience. Like, it's just things I need to expel. I want to now run down a list of names that I'm seeing get kicked around. I mentioned at the beginning of the episode that I'm seeing a lot of people from Britney's past start to resurface. People have opinions on all of these old players. So I just want to run down a quick list of people and talk about them. Honestly, I knew that I needed to do this and that God was shepherding me towards this journey when I got on Twitter and I saw all of the locals discussing Sam, Sam Luffy, and being like, now nah, he's a good guy, right? Because he seems, he was Britney's good friend, and they took her away from him, didn't they? Now that Felicia, she's the one that we can't trust. And I'm just like, what is going on? Like, I feel like I'm in the Twilight Zone. So since we're already here, let's just start with Sam for the hell of it. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, what I'm not going to do is give you a full synopsis of who Sam Luffy is because I've already done that several times on the podcast. If you go back and listen to my Britney and Kevin episode, I gave a full breakdown of who Sam is, where he came from, um, how he came to be in Britney's life, his relationship with her family, all of it. We also talked about people from Sam's past who had restraining order orders against him. Sam has like you know, between four and five pending restraining orders all the time. So yeah, there's a lot. So recently a TMZ video from 2008, I want to say, featuring Sam Lutfi resurfaced. And in the video, Sam can be seen talking about the conservatorship and how restricting it is on Britney's life. Um, he talks about, you know, her being a slave and how evil her family is. He also says something I found really interesting upon revisit where he talks about Britney being the most free she's ever been when she was with him. 
Um, so now people are questioning, you know, whether or not Sam was really all that bad or was he telling the truth all along? So I'm going to break this down for you from my perspective. I can't speak for other Britney fans, but this is how I interpret Sam Luffy. Does Sam know where all the bodies are buried? Absolutely. Sam knows more about that family than most people because for a good amount of time, he was Britney's sounding board. He was her manager in quotes. Now, what you may not know about Sam is that he likens himself to a life coach. So when he's managing you, he's not just managing your career, he's managing every aspect of your life. And he, you know, gets really intensely involved in the dynamic of your family and, and a requirement when he's close to you is that you tell him everything about you, all of your secrets, your past, your future, your present, everything. So Brittany, without any question, spilled her guts to him. Brittany had also decided at that time that Sam was the person who was going to rescue her from her insane circumstance. And looking back, I would imagine that Brittany was like, you know what? In order for me to free myself of this machine that I've created around myself, like sparks are sure to fly. Like this isn't going to be easy. I'm worth a lot of money. There's a lot of people who are dependent on me to live. The media is obsessed with me. And I'm sure a part of her was like, you know what? This is as crazy as I expected it to be. Obviously, it got much crazier. But like, I feel like in her mind, she must have been able to rationalize how crazy her life had become because she was doing a crazy thing. She was running away from being Britney Spears in LA. You know what I mean? Is there truth in just about everything Sam Luffy says about her family and her dad? In my opinion, 1000%. Nobody hates Jamie Spears more than Sam Luffy because Sam had his hooks so deep in Britney that she probably would have died under his management at some point because she was in living such a crazy fucking drug fueled life and he was the only person she had and Jamie took her away from him. God only knows the insane arrangements he had made or was planning to make with her money. God only knows what Sam Luffy was planning. I do genuinely believe what Sam Luffy says about Britney's situation, and I think he's really worth listening to because he was privy to a lot. I've always enjoyed videos of Sam spilling tea because he's messy, and for whatever reason, he isn't afraid of Jamie Spears, and that's fun. But that doesn't change the fact that Sam completely exploited her and drugged her on a constant basis while he had access to her, which led to her having these public episodes that then led to her conservatorship. He is the reason for it. Because he was crushing random doses of psych meds in her food on top of the recreational drugs that she was using on her own. Sam very much took pleasure in gaslighting her and confusing her and parading her around LA like she was a fucking pony in the middle of, you know, a full mental breakdown. And Sam was completely clear-headed while he was doing that, which is the sick thing. He was completely clear-minded when they were going to, you know, Rite Aid at two in the morning with her pink wig and, you know, like a tampon string or something showing that he knew was being photographed. He knew that these things were happening. He would threaten her by restricting access to her children all the time. Uh, several people, including Lynn, said that, you know, she did witness him being extremely verbally abusive to her, calling her a whore and telling her how terrible of a mother she was and how ugly she was, um, which is particularly sinister because Brittany was so intensely insecure and obsessive about her body during that time. There's this interview from like 2007 or 8, I want to say, with a music producer Britney used to hook up with for like two weeks named J.R. Rodham. He's rotted. He's a slimy piece of shit. His eyes are too close together. Um, he looks like a drug addict. Like he literally looks like a cokehead music producer. If you saw him on the street and you didn't know what he did or where he came from or how old he was or what his name was, you would say that man does cocaine and produces music. J.R. Rodham exists in the same world as Scott Storch, another person that Britney hooked up with. Um, if that makes any sense, hopefully that helps sort of place him for you if you don't know who he is. 
In this interview, he totally exploited everything they did sexually. He gave all these really gross details about positions they were in. And like, he was just, he said some really gross stuff that I honestly don't want to repeat. But one thing he said that's always stuck with me was that Britney, during that chemically heightened period of her life, would obsessively work out and examine her body in the mirror and ask him if she was pretty or if she was fat or, you know, whatever. And he said that if she had any moment of downtime, any idle moment while they were hanging out, she would drop to the floor and start doing crunches or she would do like lunges, you know, with like a chair or whatever. Um, and then just examine her body in the mirror. And he also described her as being someone who was incredibly comfortable with her body and loved being naked and sexual, but also needed constant validation and sort of hung on every word that you would say about her appearance. Which is obviously just because this girl has been, you know, there's been such an emphasis on the way she looks since she was a child. And it's particularly heartbreaking because people were so evil about her appearance. So it's like, to know that she lived in that sort of mental space all the time is just like so dark. And it just hits different when I'm reminded of the fact that Sam obviously knew that. So he would tell her, you know, you're fat and ugly. Sam also used to do this really fucked up thing that has stuck with me for years where he would get her really, really high so that they could go on one of their 2 a.m. let's hit up every gas station and drugstore in Los Angeles joy rides. And he would convince her that she hadn't seen her kids when maybe she had seen them. Or he would, you know, he would say like, well, you didn't, you didn't have your kids this weekend. Like you're such a drug addict and such a crackhead now that you don't even know when you have your children anymore. And maybe she had spent time with them. Like maybe she had them on a Saturday, but then on a Monday he would say, you never had your kids. You were just so fucked up that you thought you did. And she would obviously believe him because this is the person managing her life. This is her life manager. This is the man who has told her, I'm going to repair your relationships with your family and I'm going to cut people out of your life who, who do you wrong and I'm going to protect you and you know I'm going to make sure that you don't work for a year or however long you don't want to because you don't want to work right now and I'm going to make sure that you don't work and he's promising her the world. So she believes everything he says. Let's also not forget that Courtney Love and her daughter, Frances Bean, currently have a permanent restraining order against Sam. This is a 2019 quote from Rolling Stone. It says, A judge has granted Courtney Love and her daughter, Frances Bean Cobain, a permanent restraining order against ex-manager Sam Luffy. The Blast reported Wednesday that... Uh, what? Rolling Stone has confirmed the report... What? <laughs> Rolling Stone has confirmed the report. Love's sister, Jamie, was already protected under Monday's ruling. On Wednesday, the judge overseeing the case, who remembers Lutfi from his legal drama with Britney Spears in the mid-2000s, granted a five-year pro in the case. A pro typically spans three years, at which point it could be reviewed. But given, the Lutfi, given that Lutfi seems to prey upon people, as the judge noted, a five-year order was instead handed down. The escalating verbal harassment and threats of Sam Lutfi left no choice for Courtney and her family but to seek protection. Love's attorney, Howard King, said at the time, The Cobains are grateful for the anti-harassment order issued by the Los Angeles Superior Court against Sam Lutfi and the powers it provides law enforcement to ensure that Mr. Lutfi terminates all contact with the family. According to Jezebel, Lutfi served as Love's manager since at least March of 2012, roughly around the time that Lutfi wrote roughly around the time that Lutfi's three-year-long legal battle against the Spears family had come to an end. In a book written by Britney's mother, Lynn, she claimed that Lutfi secretly drugged Britney, cut off her means of communication, and limited her mobility, effectively acting as her sole gatekeeper. Those accusations resulted in a defamation lawsuit filed by Lutfi. In 2016, a lawsuit accused Sam of helping to orchestrate an alleged kidnapping of Isaiah Silva, Francis Bean Cobain's ex-husband and current owner of Cobain's MTV Unplugged guitar. Like, what? The Courtney love of it all is just generally insane because Sam basically told Courtney all of the secrets that Brittany told him about her family. So she's had this weird involvement since 2007 
Also, Lou Taylor tried to get Courtney Love in a very similar conservatorship, which we will talk about in a bit. I guess the thing that you have to understand is that Britney Spears had not been completely unmanaged since she was a child. So she hires this person who shows up literally out of nowhere, promises her everything she wants, which is freedom and a break from being Britney Spears. And if you think about it, in hindsight, he gave that to her. So I'm sure in her mind, again, she was able to rationalize having him around because even though her life was crazy, she was doing the thing that she wanted to do, which was not work. Knowing what I know now versus then, like all of it just sort of falls into place for me like a puzzle. And I hope that this answers your questions about Sam Lutvi. Also for context, I wrote down a few of Sam's tweets because I like reading Sam's Twitter. So on April 1st, he said, Penny loves them dollars, talking about the judge. On April 30th, he said, the two bullies in town that caused Britney the worst anxiety, grief, and depression were both Perez Hilton and Jen Hedger. Um, she believed their intentions were to push her to suicide. I can't believe they continue to harass celebrities to this day. It's time to cancel these monsters. Jen is the senior editor of Us Weekly, and yes, she is a piece of dog shit. May 6th. Go back and look at all the footage of us in 2007. What they perceive as Britney going crazy was actually a woman enjoying her independence and having a good time expressing herself. January 2008 wasn't a good time, though, but it, at no point did she ever, quote, go crazy. May 8th. She's never been, quote, crazy. She never harmed a soul. She's the perfect mother, has the purest heart, and nobody and never committed a crime. The world hurt her, and the judicial system stabbed her in the back. All she's ever wanted was to be loved. How did this happen? June 23rd, um, he posted a gif of a bird flying out of a cage, and he said, enough is enough, you, f you sick fucks, the day before uh, Britney's speech. And then the day of, he said... I had to stare at BP's hideous face for two full days. I witnessed her soulless deposition and her eagerness to allow the suffering to continue on. She's going to kick this can down the road while whistling and counting money all the way. Uh, Justin was never to blame for anything. He and his mom called us numerous times in 2007, offering support, encouragement, and even their Tennessee home if Brittany needed a place to stay. Uh, Lynn Harless checked in weekly to see how Britney was doing. Britney had nothing but nice things to say about Justin Timberlake. The following all contacted us generously, offering Britney an arsenal of support in 2007. Madonna, Paris Hilton, Fergie, Courtney Love, Joey Fatone, Lance Bass, Johnny Wright, Heath Ledger, Linda Perry, Avril Lavigne, Barbara Walters, Heidi Klum, and Adrian Maloof. Then the next day he said, I watched it all go down and it's far worse than she detailed yesterday. Cher, your voice of indignation is very powerful for this movement. Um, he tweets about Britney literally every day. So, I mean, if you're interested in that, like Sam's Twitter is like pretty iconic, to be honest with you. I'd like to take this opportunity to move on to another notable person in Britney's life who has come out of the woodwork heavy in the last year or so. If you would be gracious enough uh, to allow me to talk at you about Jason Alexander. Again, let me just start by saying I'm not going to be giving you the full synopsis of who Jason Alexander is. Not today. Um, I've done that before. Again, in the Brittany and Kevin series, I talked all about Jason. I talked about their relationship, how she knew him. I also talked about them a little in the uh, fake celebrity couples episode, I believe in part two. My feelings about Jason Alexander are generally all over the place. I've said several times in the podcast that I think Jason was actually one of the truest loves Britney has ever known. Um, she's known him since she was a, a child. Uh, her mom used to own and operate a daycare center in Kentwood. So every child in that town knew the Spears family. Um, so Brittany and Jason literally grew up together. I will never believe the story that was spun to us about Brittany and Jason's marriage in Vegas. I actually think Brittany probably would have stayed married to him. I can't say how long, but I really do believe Brittany wanted to be married to Jason Alexander. The whole like 
you know, whatever they said, that he was a friend from back home and she just wanted to do something crazy and fun and it didn't mean anything. It was just a moment of being young and and, and reckless, whatever. Um, I just think that that whole story is bullshit and was made up by her family when they forced her to annul the marriage. Now, I don't think that Jason is some knight in shining armor, but he did turn down like extravagant amounts of money from publications who wanted their wedding video because at the time the wedding video was worth like a million dollars. I also believe what Jason says about Britney because he knows her in a way most people don't. He did an interview during like the beginning or sort of middle of the pandemic where he said that Britney was 100% aware of the movement um, and that she was excited about it and that she was into it and um, he pretty much said that, I mean, he said everything that she said during her speech, honestly. One of the things he said that I found really interesting was that Britney always sort of had this, um, this like light at the end of the tunnel approach to her career and having to be Britney Spears. And that in her mind, she would eventually be able to break out of it. That one day she would be able to live as a public figure, but like on her terms and, you know, released like the Sheryl Crow album she always wanted to release and just be the kind of mom she wants to be and all of those things that she, her entire career has watched other celebrities be able to do, but for whatever reason, she was never allowed to do them. And obviously the older she got, the more she realized that that wasn't going to happen. Because the interesting thing about Britney in comparison to most celebrities is that she was her most powerful as a you know 19 20 year old girl and britney over time lost her power the older she got so when britney became a mom and a wife and a grown-up she was far less powerful than she was as an 18 year old to the point that now you and i have more rights we have more human rights than britney spears me and you we have more rights and freedoms than Britney Spears, and in some cases, more money. Now, with that being said, Jason Alexander is also a slack-jawed yokel hillbilly who 1,000% stormed the Capitol. You almost have to, like, separate yourself from all of that, though, because we are dealing with the kind of Southerners that I've only seen in films like, I don't know Southern people like Jason Alexander in real life. Do you know what I mean? I only know them from, like, Remember the Titans or whatever. Like, I don't know people like this. I also just want to give a quick shout out to Britney's cousin, Ali Sims, because um, another uh, old relic of this whole thing that's been resurfaced is this interview with Ali from the year after the conservatorship and her sort of talking about how you know, Jamie basically uh, cuts people out if they don't do what he tells them to do and that he's really scary. And at a certain point, she just sort of gave up trying to be involved in Britney's life because Jamie was so fucking terrifying and was threatening her and like threatening physical violence to her. Um, and she did say like, there's absolutely no chance in hell that Britney would have excommunicated me on her own because they were so close. I want to end the episode by talking about the media response to Britney's testimony, specifically the celebrities who spoke, because as you know, there's a lot to cover there, and um, some of it was really, really profound. Since we touched on Courtney, I figured we could start with her. Um, I want to follow up with Courtney's response, because she's been extremely vocal in the Free Britney movement since it started, and as I mentioned earlier, Lou Taylor tried to trap Courtney in a conservatorship. And in 2020, when somebody on Courtney's Instagram asked her if Lou Taylor did that to her, she said, short answer, yes, for a mutated strain of a conservatorship. She and the Geralds made an attempt to control Kurt's name and likeness in all Nirvana songs, 96%, then sell the publishing by the time, by which time I would in, ugh, by which time I would either be in a conservatorship or more likely dead. I was successful at blocking only Lou. But that's just because I chant a lot, which makes me lucky. But not Britney, not Spears' buddies. I just looked at Britney's account. There's no point in sticking my neck out for her now. Her pack of wolves almost killed me and my only child. 
So she's basically saying that Lou Taylor sent people to like physically hurt her and Francis. Brittany looks damaged, fucked up for life. I've tried to lobby attorneys for years with a glimmer of humanity to take on Spears' situation and they always pussy out and frankly I'm done with it too. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen done to another woman and trust me I've seen it all. I also touched on a 2009 quote from Courtney's Facebook in another episode I don't remember which one probably with Kevin. Um, trigger warning this is super dark um, but she said Brittany's dad molested her. Imagine her father imagine the father that molested you, owning you for slavery while you're forced to sing songs picked for their sexual content every night. It's insane, right? I have it on first-hand authority and fight as hard as she is and does, she still didn't pull that card. It's a pride thing and I can relate to it. However, they want to play dirty, let's go. I'm so not afraid of the little trolls who hit this when I was fucked up, who are called lawyers, let's go. Then uh, the day of the deposition, Courtney posted a quote on her Instagram story and then very quickly deleted it. And thank God I took a screenshot. Um, she said, Sam Ascari, grab Britney's passport and run. Public outrage won't do a damn thing against this much money and level of criminality. Get here to England where there are actual laws that will protect you and Britney. If they starve, if they starve you out again, which is nothing new, I will front your legal bills. She's obviously referring to when Brittany doesn't do what they want, they restrict her money and, you know, she literally has nothing to spend. Lou Taylor cannot get to you here. They almost got me and I ran and I'm safe. Moving on to another celebrity who had a really interesting perspective, a firsthand perspective actually, Cher. I'm just going to read Cher's tweets from the 24th. Um, she said, okay, let's talk about Brittany and those people. I said long ago, everyone on this trip heard about her father giving her drugs so she could perform, but made sure she couldn't have a life, but no one could get to her. I saw the absolute power a conservator has over a person they were meant to protect. It was one of the most excruciating, heartbreaking episodes I've been a part of. Don't be fooled by the word conservator. Look into ways they can be paid. Brittany was a prisoner and totally lucid. I have one question. I've performed once since I was 19 and doing the kind of shows Brittany and I do is hard fucking work. What drug cocktail did they give her to force her to perform, but keep her from having a life? A few times I heard she was like a zombie. She must have been living in hell. Fuck, circling back for a quick second, by the way, this is Troy from the future circling back because Jason Alexander gave a statement <laughs> or something somebody had some sort of leaked text from jason alexander that has floated around on the internet so i feel like i should read it because duh um he says i was forced to sign an nda but cannot in good faith stay silent about things i saw happening even back in the day we all saw signs of james agreed he had his daughter on a tight chain then just like he does now I don't want to get into too much because it ain't my story to be telling, but when Britney does finally do any interview or write a book or whatever she chooses to do, if she chooses to do that, I can say that I can say with fact that the things she reveals will be bone chilling to the core. Her testimony last week doesn't even begin to scratch the surface of everything she's had to an uh, everything she's had. Okay. Well, everything she's been had to endure and it goes beyond the 13-year conservatorship. Jamie Lynn also hasn't had a conversation with Britt in almost a year, so I don't know what that brat was spouting off about yesterday. I know I'm really just an outsider in all this, and most people don't care to hear my opinion, but I think at this point it's obvious any and everyone only wants Britt happy and healthy. Iggy Azalea finally spoke out about her interaction with the Spears camp because... If you remember, Iggy Azalea um, was one of the only celebrities to really talk about how weird the whole thing was um, on Watch What Happens Live. Andy asked her about it and she said that it was super strange and that they, you know, they came in and sweeped her house and they checked for cameras and, you know, they took alcohol out of her home or whatever. And all they were doing was having lunch. Um, but Iggy tweeted and she said, it's basic human decency to, at the very least, remove a person Brittany has identified as abusive from her life. This should be illegal. During the time we worked together in 2015, I personally witnessed the same behavior Brittany detailed in regards to her father last week, and I just want to back her up and tell the world that she is not exaggerating or lying. 
I saw her restricted from even the most bizarre and trivial things, like how many sodas she was allowed to drink. Why is that even necessary? Her father conveniently waited until literally moments before our BMA's performance when I was backstage in the dressing room and told me if I didn't sign an NDA, he would not allow me on stage. The way he went about getting me to sign a contract sounded similar to the tactics Britney spoke about last week in regards to her Las Vegas show. Jamie Spears has a habit of making people sign documents under duress, it seems, and Britney Spears should not be forced to coexist with that man when she's made it clear it's negatively impacting her mental health. This is not right at all. Now, obviously, I saved the best for last. We're, of course, going to talk about Christina and her beautifully written, kind words. Um, hello. I'm so excited about this. She said, These past few days, I've been thinking about Brittany and everything she's going through. It is unacceptable that any woman or human wanting to be in control of their own destiny might not be allowed to live as they wish. To be silenced, ignored, bullied, or denied support by those, quote, close to you is the most depleting, devastating, and demeaning thing imaginable. The harmful mental and emotional damage this can take on a human spirit is nothing to be taken lightly. Every woman must have the right to her own body, her own reproductive system, her own privacy, her own space, her own healing, and her own happiness. While I am not behind the closed doors of this very layered and personal yet public conversation, all I can do is share from my heart on what I've heard, read, and seen in the media. The conviction and desperation of this plea for freedom leads me to believe that this person I once knew has been living without compassion or decency from those in control. To a woman who has worked under conditions and pressures unimaginable to most, I promise you she deserves all the freedom possible to live her happiest life. My heart goes out to Brittany. She deserves all the true love and support in the world. The whole celebrity thing when it comes to Britney is so weird because these people all knew what was going on. And I really appreciate like the heartfelt responses from people like Christina and Iggy, like who really like, share people who really, really spoke out. Um, but like, you know, these are people who like share mentioned in her tweets all had firsthand experience with this conservatorship in some way. They all had, you know, some sort of experience at an award show or an event or whatever, um, you know, where they got to see what was happening to Britney Spears. And I appreciate the emoji, you know, prayer hand tweets or whatever from people like Khloe Kardashian. But like, you know things. Like, you, you know things. Madonna, where the fuck are you? You know things. You've seen things. You've worked with this team. You worked with this team during the conservatorship. Where are you? Say something. Khloe Kardashian worked with Britney on X Factor. You're so fucking outspoken about every, everything else. Say something. What did you see? Mario Lopez, what did you see on X Factor? Hello? Demi, hi. What did you see on X Factor? Was it weird? It had to be. Hi, Ryan Seacrest? What do you... What? Like, I I don't understand. I honestly, I don't get it. Like, Ellen, hi. What, what, what have you experienced, Ellen? Can you let us know? Because obviously you had worked out some sort of weird agreement with her team where your show was the only show she would go on for years, really, to do press. Like, if Britney was doing any sort of press, even if she was only speaking to, like, one or two people, you could guarantee one of them would be Ellen, and she would make her do the fucking Gangnam Style dance or whatever. So, like, hi. Like, what the fuck? You know, during her speech, she talked about how embarrassing this is and how degrading it is. And it's like, this is, this is embarrassing on a human level, but then you factor in that Britney Spears is one of the biggest celebrities in the history of celebrity, and... She is surrounded by her peers and other celebrities who have known her since she was a kid. You know, artists that she's worked with and producers that she's put on. And like, you know, people that have careers because they worked with her. And she's not even allowed to speak to them. Like she can't even walk to them and walk up to them and speak to them at an award show. Because she's not allowed to interact with people. So these relationships that she's built in this industry as Britney fucking Spears are now super weird because she has 
to have permission to talk to these people. It's just like, it's so insane to wrap your mind around. It has been an hour and one minute. I think that this is a good place to end the episode. I don't know what the fuck we're doing next week, you guys. I don't know. Dunzo is off the rails. Brittany has officially taken us off the rails. And of course she did. Because who else would do it? I don't know if we're doing a girl group next week. I don't know what we're, I don't know what's happening. I think that we're doing 3LW next week. I think. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I don't know. But I love you guys. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Now I'm all pissed off and angry. And I need to go and smoke a parliament light. Um, but yeah, I will see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Dunzo. This podcast is a part of the Solid Listen Network. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Also be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash solidlisten for exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McGee, and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at DunzoPod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.